Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. No, I'm motivated, you know. Um, you know, I hear y'all calling me old. I hear y'all calling me um, older, um, weathered. You know, I'm motivated. It don't take really much to motivate me, man. Um, I'm older in basketball years, but in life I'm 30-something. I think some of y'all, I'm looking at your gray hair, no hair, half hair, beautiful hair, wet hair. No comment. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just motivated. Half hair. Upside. Uh, KG does sound motivated, and it also sounds a little bit pissed. You know, he doesn't like the fact I think that people have called him, as he said, old, older, weathered. I haven't heard the weathered comment. I must have missed that somewhere. Um, but yeah, but but he sounds like he's a little uh, a little pissed off at some of that stuff, and good, it motivates him. It uh, he's playing great, he's doing everything they need him to do right now, and he's playing like um, you know he's a lot younger than that old old or or weathered uh, description that uh, the people are throwing at him. Time for our weekly get together with the president of basketball operations of the Celtics, Danny Ainge. It's brought to you by ARS Restoration Specialist. Call eight seven seven four six one. 1111 or ARSERV.com and by SBLI, dependable, no-nonsense life insurance at a price you can live with. Call 888-GET-SBLI or visit SBLI.com. Hey, Danny. How we doing, guys? Good. Pretty good. Did you, uh, did you hear all of the uh, KG stuff after the game last night? <laughs> no. I read some of it this morning. Yeah, he's fired up, which is kind of good. It's almost like he's... Uh, He's lashing out at uh, those that uh, in the first half of the season thought that maybe he was done or whatever. It's probably a good thing for you guys, right? Yeah, if that's all I got to do is to call him old to get him going, that's that'll be easy. I'm trying to figure out who the weird hair guy is, the half hair, the full hair, the wet hair. I'm trying to get all this stuff. <laughs> Probably, probably some of the same guys who were covering you when you were in town. So yeah, that, that very well could be. I don't even. I'm not even sure he knows. I mean, KG is is uh, he always is looking for some way to be motivated. And I mean, hey, listen, for 17 years that guy has found a way to be motivated and stay motivated night in and night out. And that's um, why he's so special. Boy, I love that. I love that for entertainment purposes. Last night, the guy that you ended up trading to bring KG. And neither guy seemed to forget that they were part of a transaction. <laughs> well, hey, you know, everybody always wants to, but that's but that's what I mean. When KG's looking for motivation, I mean he found it in that way, maybe. And um, but you know he, he does it every night. He does he find I mean how do you find motivation for a Hall of Fame player in the top ten in so many categories? You know to play a back to back in Charlotte, but he does. Um, He's got great character, integrity, and, and his legacy is growing in my mind. I mean, um, he's not as, as good a player right now as he has been at other times in his career, but what he's doing right now is, is amazing. And um, 
I'm 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 been much more impressed with Kevin Garnett, and that and that's hard to do because he was pretty impressive before. And talking about Al Jefferson, if the rules, if you had to deal with the current rules, you probably wouldn't have been in position to draft him like you did, because uh, he went straight from high school to the pros. Now you got to wait a year, uh, spend a year playing college basketball or going to Europe, and then coming into the league. Has he become the player uh, that you thought? he would be uh, when you drafted him and when you saw him in his early years as a Celtic? Yeah, Al's been a good player. Um, Al, you know, Al, I think Al lost a couple of years of crucial development with injuries. And, um, but, you know, Al is playing well this year. You know, he, he struggled last night early in the game, but you can see in the third quarter, um, you know, he took over the game and had 14 points in the third quarter, got his team back in it, and he can still score and he can still rebound. And um, yeah, I was a terrific player. Let me ask you about Austin Rivers, who obviously announced this past week that he'll be out for the NBA draft. Doc's been asked the question um, about the possibility of coaching his kid. The projections in the first round could possibly put him down in an area where you could take this guy. I know you're not going to tell me the interest or whether you do or don't have interest to him as a player or whatever. It's too early to get involved in all that. But I will ask you this. If you got to the point where you felt that he was the best guy on the board, would the, cons- take, would the consideration of whether you take him or not have anything to do with the fact that his father is the coach of that team? Sure. I mean, you have to consider everything when you're, when you're making choices like that. Um, you know, but because Doc and I have such a good relationship, we would certainly talk it through. And I mean, the biggest question is, is he, is he the best player on the board? And I think that, um, you know, whatever Doc felt, and, um, obviously plays a big weight. And, and Doc knows this draft really well. I mean, watching these kids play the last few years, um, Doc has a real good feel for all of the kids in this year's draft. All right, but I'm not looking at it in that if Doc wanted him, you'd be, you know, sitting there saying, no, 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 we, we don't like him, whatever. The point I'm trying to get at is you can do it in peewee basketball or Little League because the kids are always on the team that their father coaches. This is the pros. This is much different. This is going to be a kid, an underage uh, adult, who's going to be out with a professional team. Do you see any problems arising there? With any with any father coaching his kid at the pro level, well, listen. You know, of course, there's possible problems, but I think it totally depends on the people, and I think that that is what's important: the coach and the player uh, is, is, are the determining factors. Yeah, I mean, can you can you think of any examples? I was trying to think of some where a father coached his son. I mean, I guess. And you know, some of the examples that you could have now, you could have, uh, you know, Dunleavy could have coached his son. Yeah. Uh, John Lucas, when he, he was coaching for a while. Can you think of any successful examples of a father coaching a son in the pros? Well, I don't think there's ever been one. Never had. It's never happened. There's never, there's never been one. No. So, so um, I don't know. There haven't been any successful or unsuccessful. But it's, but it, it's so – That's so what, why, Yeah, what because a dynamic. It, the dynamics are different. And – you know, it's 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 a strange one, and I know Doc's going to get peppered with this question between now and the draft over and over and over again, and there's no possible way, I think, for him to, to answer it, to be fair. That's why I wanted to throw it out to you that would, would, would you be hesitant about it? Not because – forget about it, you know Doc, 
and I don't know how well you know you know Austin, but just that you're going to have to deal with the, those dynamics throughout the season, something that nobody has ever had to deal with before. Well, quite honestly, those will be discussions that uh, we'll probably have internally you know, a week before the draft that you guys will probably talk about between now and the draft. Yeah, we'll be talking about that. It might not have any right. – bearing or any merit at all, but um, you guys can have fun with that. Well, good. Let us know what happens in that meeting. and then. You know, just, <laughs> okay. Thanks. I appreciate it. Danny, that. I wonder, is there anything that is uh, that has happened in the NCAA tournament so far that has changed your opinion, whether it's negative or positive, about some of the players who are going to be available here coming up in the draft? Not really. I mean, there's there are some um, – I'm aware that there are some guys that are rated very high in the draft that – uh, didn't have great tournaments. Uh, that really has no bearing on what my assessment of them is because most of the guys that we're drafting in the draft, high up in the draft, are based on potential anyway. And I, I don't think anything has changed what I feel of their, of their potential. Um, and I think that there have been a couple of guys that have gotten my attention a little bit that I hadn't seen play a ton we, we are aware of them, that, but, you know, they will warrant more evaluation. And, and how, how heavily do you weigh it? Do you weigh uh, a guy uh, being able to step up in consecutive games against the, whether it's, whether it's North Carolina, Kansas, um, you know, some of the top programs in the country? How, how heavily do you weigh that? I, I don't put much weight on it. I, 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 the whole body of work, you, you can't you can't just take a guy and he's, you know, stepped up for a couple of games and, and, and stepped out of the box and became something special. I mean, that's happened too many times. Um, their, their whole life of basketball has to be considered. What's the latest with Mikhail Petrus? He still has um, concussion symptoms, and, and until he's asymptomatic, um, you know, no headaches and no sensitivity to light, he will um, – we won't even be able to test him. So the league has implemented all sorts of testing once he becomes asymptomatic and he's not there yet, although he's improving each day. I, I know it's probably not fair to ask you this, but it's not the first time I've done something like this because in this situation, these are so undependable. You really can't tell. And we've seen guys that you think are going to be gone for two weeks and then they're gone for an entire season and whatever. Do you have any ballpark? I mean, figure and when he could come back. I mean, is there a possibility he could miss the rest of the season and the postseason? Oh, you know, heaven forbid. I, I, you know, we're, we're not thinking that way at all. I mean, there's not a whole lot we can do. I mean, if, if we find that information out, we'd have to, you know, react and we'll get someone out of the D-League or something. Mm. But right now, um, I think that he'll be – I mean, it, I don't see how that would happen, Glenn. I mean, it, he is getting better each day, and I anticipate – you know, within the week that he will start being tested and get back to practice. And, and I don't know how long that process goes either. That, that sort of it depends also, uh, the testing process. But we're not in a rush to get him back as much as we just, you know, want him to come back and, and be healthy and know that he is coming back. And I think that we'll know more here in the next uh, four or five days on that. Uh, t- tell me about Avery Bradley in, in terms of, what he's become and what you thought he would come when you uh, drafted him out of Texas? 
Well, Avery has just improved all year. You know, with opportunity, he is, his confidence has grown. Um, he's played. He's playing better at the point. He really has has never been a point, and um, but he's handling the ball against pressure, and he's you know getting us into our offense. But he's thrived more as a two, um, you know, running the floor and you know playing off the ball. He's an unbelievable cutter. He's shooting the ball extremely well over the last two months. His percentages are excellent from the outside, um, and you know what his defense is. I mean, you know, we always knew that he could defend at a very high level in the NBA. So he's he's becoming a, the player that we hoped that he would become. Oh, by the way, uh, I just I just got a tweet from the great Paul Flannery, who I'm sure you know uh, very well, and does a good job covering basketball. We think he was wet head. Yeah, yeah, he was. For he KG. told me that uh, Rick Barry played for his father-in-law. In the ABA, I'm sure his father-in-law told him not to shoot so much. Didn't probably didn't register. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure that went. I'm sure that went well. Rick Barry was a good player for whoever coached him. Said, but uh, you know, I just when you said Rick Barry, the first thing, the thing that popped into my mind was Pistol Pete in college. You know, played for his dad, Press Maravich, and um, you know, I, I I guess I don't know the history of how was that successful or unsuccessful. I mean. Obviously, Pete was the most prolific scorer in NCAA history. In, in baseball, we've got the Ripkins. People are t- the text line is coming up with uh, with a million of them here. But I bet but I bet you wouldn't want to. Uh, I mean, you've got kids. I bet you wouldn't want to coach your son, would you? You know, I think that again, some sons would be easier than others as far as like the whole chemistry of the team. I mean, I think I could coach any of my sons because I know their personalities and know what buttons to push, but. Um, you know, the question is, how does the rest of the team respond? What sort of players do you have in the locker room? Um, I, I think all those things will be factors. All right, Danny, good stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. All right, guys. Thanks. See you later. That's Danny Ainge. Quick break. Right back at you here in the big show. And by the way, if you're wondering why UMass lost the other night in the NIT, it's all Ray Lewis's fault. And you'll hear from it. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 